Blog Talk Radio. Internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. This is me, your Book of Revelation research scientist, Nicole. I am excited to be with you and to have you with me and with us today as we talk about the purple and scarlet prophecy. I invite you to listen live at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sundays and at 10 a.m. Central, that's 11 a.m. Eastern on Thursdays to this program, Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. Today we'll be talking about the eighth secret, the eighth vision. John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. It begins with verse 1 of chapter 17. It ends with verse 5 of chapter 19. Using language from the book of Revelation, we may discuss it as the purple and scarlet prophecy. It is a detailed report of what is described briefly when the seventh vial is poured out by the angel of the Lord, and one of the consequences is the destruction of Babylon. So we get more details uh, moving from the seventh statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation, the seventh documentary, if you will, that's the seven plagues prophecy, when we look at the purple and scarlet prophecy. I want to begin with uh, going straight to callers. It looks like we have uh, one person with a hand raised. I want to come to you. So if you mean to have your hand raised, go ahead and keep it up. Uh, If you want to put your hand down, you press one. If you want to raise it, uh, you press one. So you go in and out of the host queue. So I invite you and everyone to connect with me and us live as we're discussing the book of Revelation. You can do that in one of three ways. You can share a prayer request. You can provide your perspective on the book of Revelation, or you can pose a question about the book of Revelation. So excited to hear from you and uh, hear from everyone. Let's see if I can get the caller on the line, 678-543. It looks like your hand is raised. Six seven eight five four three. So I'm going to come to you now. Six seven eight five. Yes. Hey, and mm-hmm. my name is Deborah. And just saying, I just want to say God bless, and I'm just excited and looking forward to hearing the word. Looking forward to the revelation of the word of God that you're going to bring forth. Oh, Amen. Uh, Thank you, Deborah. It's a blessing to have you with me and with us. Do you have yeah. a something specific that you are interested in uh, with the Book of Revelation? Um, just just the Book of Revelation itself. You know, I know um, I have heard so many people, you know, explain, you know, the Book of Revelation. But I just want to hear it from your perspective and just I, 
So I'm just coming to learn and, and to just to feed upon what you're going to be um, giving out to the people of God. Well, Deborah, I thank God for you. Uh, I thank God that you are a truth seeker and that you have a heart uh, to hear and yes. understand the word of God. That's yes. what people is about, hearing from God. And my assignment is to bring secrets revealed, secrets revealed by the Lord uh-huh. about the book of Revelation wow. to you and other truth seekers. So thank you. Thank and you thank for being you. with us. Um, before I let you go, I just want to share briefly, uh, are you a first-time listener to this program? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, so let me share briefly with you and with others who might be first-time listeners. So the -hmm. book of Revelation has, uh, by my analysis, six parts. So it begins with a preface. We have uh, Mm -hmm. a description in Chapter 1 of what the book of Revelation is about in eight verses, Mm -hmm. essentially saying... Christ is the firstborn of the dead, and this is how the book of Revelation came to pass, and he's oh, coming wow. back. He's coming back. Yes. Uh, and then we have, for the second part of chapter one, so this is part two of six parts for the book, we have a formal introduction. So we have John, the revelator, sharing with us the beginning of it. So he's on the Isle of Patmos, and he tells us exactly when it began, what happened to him, and he shares some of the specific words that Jesus Christ said to him at the beginning of his experience. So it's a Mm -hmm. formal We have John the Revelator talking, and we have specific verbatim words of Jesus Christ. Interestingly, the conclusion to the book, the conclusion to the book mirrors the introduction So when we get to the last chapter, 22, part 6 of the book, we have again John the Revelator talking, and this time instead of the words of Jesus Christ being just quoted to us, he's talking to us as readers of the book of Revelation. So we have uh, the conclusion, verses 6 to the end of chapter 22, Jesus and John talking to us. So we hear John, then Jesus chimes in, then it's back to John, then it's back to Jesus, and it goes back and forth like that. So those are three to the book, the preface, the introduction, and the conclusion. Now the other three parts are very interesting. Um, Chapters 2 and 3, 100% the words of Jesus Christ. When John the Revelator was here on this present earth, there were seven churches in the province of Asia. And so Jesus had words of praise, words of criticism, and promises for those uh, who were victorious for each of the seven churches. So he's had some, this is what you guys are doing right. This is where you're falling short. This is what I promise you you're going to get if you stay in me. If you stay in me, if you stay in Christ. So we had a specific word or words, they said letters, for each church. So we have chapters 2 and 3, seven letters for seven churches. And again, he had those words 
specifically for those churches that were operating and the people in them at that time, but it's still relevant for us today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the promises for those believers are the same promises that we have too. Mm-hmm. The same promises we have too. So that's chapters 2 and 3, 100% only the words of Jesus Christ in chapters 2 and 3. So, again, we have the preface, then the formal introduction, seven letters to seven mm-hmm. churches. Chapter 4, chapter 4 is very exciting. John's report on heaven. So imagine, imagine, Deborah, God calls you and me up to heaven today just for a visit, mm-hmm. just for a visit. So that's what happened to John the Revelator. So he picks back up. He ended chapter 1 in the formal introduction telling us what his experience was with Jesus Christ and everything that happened. Then he gives us the seven letters to the seven churches, but he picks back up with his experience. uh, And now he tells us he was called up from this present earth, just like you and I are here on this present earth. He was literally called up to heaven. So chapter 4 begins with him being called up to heaven, uh, and then he tells us exactly as if he was a journalist or a police officer. He tells us exactly what he saw when he was in present heaven. So he describes the room that he's in. He tells us... uh, the people who are in it, he tells us other things about people, um, creatures that are in it, uh, the four mm-hmm. beings that are in it. He tells us uh, what people are wearing in present heaven. He describes the throne. And so he gives us an amazing report of exactly what he saw when he was called up to heaven, uh, the specific location that he was in. So chapter 4 of the book of Revelation is John's report on heaven. So it's 100% literal. It's 100% literal. There are no uh, metaphors or parables or anything like that in chapter 4. Now, the, the bulk of the book of Revelation It's the visions. So today, when we go out and we we watch something uh, in a theater, it's a movie. It has moving pictures with sound. Sometimes, and usually I think we see movies that are uh, fictional accounts, right? Like somebody made something up for entertainment purposes. Like recently I went to see uh, the new Mission Impossible movie, you know that's a that's fiction that's make believe sometimes right. sometimes we see moving pictures with sound and it's a documentary it's a documentary mm-hmm. somebody wants to report our realities in the book of revelation by my analysis john was shown 12 visions all in a row we might think of them using today's vernacular as documentaries because these were not visions that he caused himself to have. These were external visions that the angel of the Lord was instructed to show John the Revelator. So these were visions 
these were documentaries of future realities. So moving pictures with sound, and not just any kind of movie, a documentary, future realities tells us in uh, Revelation chapter 21 that 100 percent of the book of Revelation is true and everything in it is sure to come to pass. Well, what does this mean, sure to come to pass? These visions, these documentaries, uh, also referred to as statements of prophecy in the book of Revelation. So beginning with chapter 5, we have the first documentary, the seven seals prophecy. Then after that, we have the seven trumpets prophecy. Then we have the 1,260 days prophecy in chapter 12. Chapter 13, 666 antichrist prophecy. Mm. Chapter, uh, then it, it goes on like that. So my point is what we're doing here on PGN mm-hmm. is every month we're talking about one of the specific documentaries, one of the specific uh, visions John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. So this month, August, is the eighth month, and uh by my analysis, when I look at the book of Revelation, I believe that there are 12, 12 visions, 12 documentaries, if you will, 12 prophecy John Revelator was shown. So it's August. That's the eighth month. So we're talking about wow. the eighth documentary. Wow. So uh, when you and others tune in every month uh, in 2023, we're going to the one uh, in numerical order. So next month in September, which is coming up just uh, later this week, we'll be talking about next Sunday, Marriage Supper Prophecy. That's the ninth one. Then we'll go to the Millennial Reign Prophecy in October. The Dead Judge Prophecy, that's the Great White Throne Judgment coming up in November. And finally, the New Earth Prophecy in December. Um, so just wanted to give a quick overview of how the book of Revelation is uh, organized. I'm so excited to have you with uh, with me and with us today. Um, if you don't have anything else, I'll let you go so you can listen. Is there anything okay. else you want to say? Yes, that is it. Thank you so much for giving me the overview. I'm excited and waiting patiently to hear the word. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to put Deborah on. Again, everyone, for being here with me and with us. I never take for granted your time. There are people like you who are truth seekers, and you have a heart to hear the word of God and to understand it. And that's the reason, that's the reason for this uh, program. So, Excited, let us go to the Word. By the way, the basic study notes that accompany this discussion are available at blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. I want to go straight to the purple and scarlet prophecy. It begins with verse 1 of chapter 17, and it ends with verse 5 of chapter 19. Now, what are we about to hear in this purple and scarlet prophecy? 
In the preceding documentary, John the Revelator was shown, that's the seven plagues prophecy, when the angel of the Lord pours out the seventh and final plague during the wrath of God that follows the wrath of Satan. So the wrath of God begins after the great tribulation. The wrath of God follows the wrath of Satan. When the seventh vial is poured out, one of the consequences is that Babylon is destroyed. That's one of the consequences that follows the seventh and final plague being poured out. These documentaries focus on different aspects of the end of the age, different aspects of the end of the age, but often they overlap. They often overlap in order to get us the details that are most important from the perspective of God. He gives us multiple documentaries. There are different things uh, he wants to communicate to us, his people. So, he talks briefly, we learn briefly about the fact that Babylon is going to be destroyed when the seventh and final plague is poured out. Now we're going to hear in the purple and scarlet prophecy, what exactly is Babylon? And why is it going to be destroyed? And who will this impact? So very briefly, in just uh, one or two verses, is mentioned in Revelation chapter 16 at the end of the purple. Uh, at the end of the seven plagues prophecy, but now we have a prophecy, the purple and scarlet prophecy focused exclusively on what is Babylon and why is it going to be destroyed. Here we are, the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. John the Revelator says, one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have, made, have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities, and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people, who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed, the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, 
will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will agree to give him their power and authority. Together, they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast. And so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. Let's pause there. That is the beginning, the first half approximately, of the purple and scarlet prophecy. Let's go to some of the key secrets revealed. Let's begin with the beasts. Two beasts are mentioned here in chapter 17. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The scarlet beast is mentioned in Revelation 17, chapter 17. It's noted that during the Great Tribulation, when the Antichrist will be in power for 42 months, as noted in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13, the scarlet beast, the Antichrist, during the Great Tribulation, he will get power from the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance. What's the Ten Nation Alliance? The Ten Nation Alliance refers to the Ten Horns. So we hear in Revelation uh, 17, verse 3, There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. So the woman is a city. We heard that at the end of this chapter. The woman is a city. It says, and this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So this woman is the city that's the headquarters for the harlot church. The church, which will be a false church, a false version of Christianity, the harlot church, the one world religion that will be promoted by the false prophet who will work in tandem with the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. So there is a city 
the Bible refers to it in the book of Revelation as the great city, and it says that rules over the kings of the world. Now, we're going to hear in chapter 18 that the headquarters for the harlot church will interestingly also be the financial capital, the financial capital of the new world order during the great tribulation. Now, let's talk for a moment about the scarlet beast. So we learn that the scarlet beast is going to be given the authority and power of the ten leaders of the ten-nation alliance mentioned in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13, as well as Daniel chapter 7. And here in this chapter in the purple and scarlet prophecy, verse 11 says, The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Now, destruction in the book of Revelation refers to the second death. The second death is when an enemy of God is thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone. That's eternal damnation. So when a person uh, experiences death, the Bible refers to that over and over again as falling asleep. Remember when, uh, remember when the the kid, the kid, the the person comes and says, "Jesus, uh, my my child is sick. Would you come and heal her?" And Jesus goes there, and they're like, uh, "Why are you bothering the teacher? She's dead." And Jesus says, no, 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 she's just falling asleep, and the people are laughing. So that's one example over and over again when someone has died. In the Bible, it refers to it as the person has simply fallen asleep. Why? Because every person will participate in either the first resurrection, that's resurrection for eternal life, in a glorified, perfected body, Revelation chapter 1 says Jesus Christ was the first to rise from the dead, but those of us whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we are the second to rise from the dead. So every person who has experienced death has simply fallen asleep because the individual will participate in the first resurrection and go to uh eternal life in a glorified, perfected, immortal body, or, or as described in the dead judged prophecy, which we're going to talk about in November, the dead judged prophecy in the book of Revelation, chapter, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, or the person will participate in the second resurrection. John the Revelator says in the Millennial Reign Prophecy, the rest won't rise again from the dead until after the thousand years are finished. So those people who are not in present heaven but are in Hades, in prisons of darkness, they're awaiting the second resurrection. They're awaiting the great white throne judgment, and we know, unfortunately, what their fate is, which is uh, eternal damnation. They will be judged, and when their cases are heard and tried, and they're found uh, guilty. In other words, they failed to go to mediation. They failed to allow the blood of Jesus Christ to speak on their behalf. So that sin debt has to be paid. So we see that in Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. So when it says here, the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer is the eighth king, 
He's like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. This is referring to the fact that uh, at the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist goes to destruction. The Antichrist goes to the second death. The Antichrist uh, is thrown into the lake of fire, Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 and 20. So uh, then it says in verse 12 here in the purple and scarlet prophecy, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. So during the Great Tribulation, that's the time period we're talking about. We're not talking about 2023. We're not talking about 70 A.D. Uh, We're talking about a specific period of time here. This is the 42 months, the three and a half years, the time, times, uh, and half time referred to in the book of Daniel. We're talking about the Great Tribulation. Now, during this period, the Antichrist, the scarlet beast, is going to rise to power. Now, one of the things that helps to unlock the secrets in the book of Revelation is to understand that a, uh, a perspective beyond time is often used. So when it says here, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer, in chronological time, we're awaiting the revealing of the Antichrist. In other words, we're awaiting the time when the Antichrist stands in the third temple and declares that he is God. We're awaiting that. It hasn't happened yet in chronological time. But all that is uh, is known to God. Time exists within God, right? Time is finite, and it exists within God, and so... This angel of the Lord who has the wisdom of God is talking about the Antichrist. He hasn't been sent to the lake of fire yet, but his fate is known. Known to who? Known to God and known to us as truth seekers who are reading the word of God. So this in verse 11 says, he too is headed for destruction. His destruction is discussed in the marriage supper prophecy in Revelation chapter uh, 19, verses 19 and 20. Now let's talk about the other beast mentioned here. So there's another beast mentioned, Revelation chapter 17, verse 7. It says, the angel says in verse 7, I will tell you the mystery of this woman. And we learned already that the woman is a city. It's the headquarters of the harlot Church, We're going to hear more about that in chapter 18. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. In the book of Revelation, there's only one beast that is described as number one going to the bottomless pit. That's in Revelation 20, verses 1 and 2. And coming out of the bottomless pit, Revelation uh, chapter 20, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Who's that beast? That beast is Satan. Now it says uh, he will go to eternal destruction. Again, what's eternal destruction? That's the second death. That's the lake of fire. That's eternal damnation. 
permanent separation from God, dwelling dwelling as a sentient being. So no, no creation, no human or angel that has ever been created will ever fail to exist. After the end of time, after the end of this age, every human being will either exist three in one on the new earth, according to the book of Revelation, three in one on this new earth in an immortal body with a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and a spirit, or the individual will exist in the lake of fire. In the lake of fire, that's eternal damnation. So that's destruction. Eternal destruction is eternal damnation. That's living as a sentient being. So in other words, the ability to think and know and uh, exist. So I hear sometimes people say, well, what about option C? I just don't want to be a part of it. In the same way that we had no option to determine whether we were going to be created or not, we have no option or ability to uh, uncreate or discreate ourselves. So we must make a decision. Do we want to experience eternal life on the new earth, or do we want to experience eternal destruction? So Timothy, First Timothy tells us that Jesus Christ illuminated the path to immortality. And that's what the book of Revelation is really about. The book of Revelation is about immortality. Jesus Christ is the first to rise from the dead, and all who are in Christ will be the second. Those in present heaven will put on their immortal bodies when they descend from heaven and their immortal bodies are reconstituted and they will put them on. And those of us who are here at the time of the second coming, we will transition from mortality to immortality. All of our DNA errors will be corrected. Everything will be corrected. We're told in Corinthians it will happen in the blink of an eye. And there's a secret. Not all of us will fall asleep. Not everyone's going to die. There's a group of believers that will never, ever experience death. Who is that? Those among us who are here at the time of the second coming. But every believer, every believer, every person in Christ, will transition from mortality to immortality. So that's what we're talking about in the book of Revelation. Immortality. The reality that Jesus Christ illuminates the path to immortality. And every person in Christ will become a member of the royal race, will inhabit an immortal body and rule and reign with Jesus Christ on this present earth for a thousand years. And beyond time, on the new earth for the eternities of eternities. Now let's continue here in the purple and scarlet prophecy. We heard the scarlet beast refers to the Antichrist. And in verse 7, this other beast, the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit, that refers to Satan. Satan is... is the third of God's enemies to go to eternal destruction. So in chronological order, according to the book of Revelation, God has five enemies that are going to eternal destruction. Who are they? In the order that they will go to eternal destruction, 
at the hands of Jesus Christ. Number one, the Antichrist. Number two, the false prophet, Revelation chapter 19. Then Satan, Revelation 20, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Satan goes to eternal destruction. And then Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. Then all whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they have their cases heard. And when it's found that their sin debt is not paid for, you know, we're told to find and follow God's plan for salvation and that we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. What does remission mean? Payment. Payment of one's sin debt. You know, I had a debt that I wasn't paying uh, as fast as I should have been. So uh, I got a letter saying, uh, what is happening with this? Long story short, I went to mediation. So we came to a consensus about what should happen and how that was going to be paid, a meeting of the minds. So everything was in good standing after mediation. Well, we, all of us sinners, we got a bill like that. What's the bill? Sin debt. We inherited the propensity to sin from our forefather and foremother, Adam and Eve. Now, we were born in the image of Adam. That means that we have the ability to experience death. But there's a way Jesus Christ illuminated the path to immortality. See, Adam was born in the image of God. Therefore, he was immortal. But when he sinned, when he procreated, now he passed on what? Those who were born in the image of Adam instead of being born in the image of God. So in Romans, we're told that from the first Adam, we inherited mortality, but from the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we have the ability to inherit immortality. So we need that mediation. We need Jesus Christ, we're told in First Timothy, he's the only mediator. He's the only way to get that sin debt paid for. Now, let us stay here in the purple and scarlet prophecy. Let us stay here. There is a ten-nation alliance, and those ten nations each has a leader. So in Revelation 17, it says that there are ten horns. Let's go to 17, verse 3. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten Horns. Let's pause there for a second. So the woman is a city, and that city is the headquarters for the harlot church. It's also the financial capital of the world during the Great Tribulation, the financial capital for the new world order, that economy that is soon to emerge. And the woman sits on a scarlet beast. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the eighth king now it says that there are seven heads and ten horns in daniel we're told a secret we're told many secrets about the antichrist in the book of daniel one of the secrets is that in the beginning there will be ten kings and we also hear in this chapter the ten kings are going to agree to give all their power to the antichrist uh in daniel it's revealed that 
the Antichrist will emerge as a little horn. He's going to put three of the horns down, three, three of these ten. And so when he puts three of these horns down, now there's seven. Seven. Now it says, there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. Now let's continue. It says, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing. Do you know that there's a religion, there's a religion today, where leadership in that religion, leaders either wear purple or they wear scarlet. They wear purple or they wear scarlet, depending on uh, which of the two parts of the leadership that they are in. Now, don't be mad at me when I read the word of God. The main thing is salvation, okay? So this is not uh, a salvation issue, uh, but we must analyze the word of God. We don't want divisions in the body of Christ. But we're going to hear in Revelation chapter 18, the rest of this uh, prophecy, the, the, the word of God tells us to come out from among her. Who's her? The harlot church. Now let us find out what is this harlot church? Who is this woman, the city? The woman wore purple and scarlet. So in this city that's going to be destroyed, in the city that's referred to as a woman, then the city that's referred to as a prostitute. Now in the Bible, a prostitute refers to a woman, a person, not females, a person who gives her heart and her body to a false god. So this is why God got so mad at Israel, because she gave herself to false gods. And so what it means to be a prostitute is to give oneself to a false god, to practice a false religion. And it says here that Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. Now, how can one religion be the mother of all prostitutes? How is that possible? Well, it hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. Every prophecy in the book of Revelation is sure to come to pass. During the Great Tribulation, there will be a ten-nation alliance that dominates economic and political affairs. That's described in Revelation chapter 13, that's the 666 Antichrist prophecy. At the end of that prophecy, we're told that the false prophet will have authority and will work in tandem, side by side, with the Antichrist. Now, the false prophet will be the leader of the harlot church. The false prophet will command everyone to worship a statue of the Antichrist, just like in uh, Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar had this 90-foot gold statue made of himself, and uh, the false prophet is going to commission a statue of the Antichrist, and we're going to be told that everyone, uh, when the signal comes, everyone needs to worship the statue. So, Again, our goal is to understand who is this woman. It says here the woman, this city, wore purple and scarlet clothing. 
Now, I want to share a little bit. I'm going to go to the Internet live on the Internet right now, and I'm just going to type in purple scarlet bishop and cardinals. Bishops and cardinals whose colors are purple and scarlet. The upper hierarchy of the Roman Catholic Church. One site says that. Another site says bishops who are not cardinals wear purple. Cardinals wear scarlet. Another site says the technical name for the color that cardinals wear is scarlet. Now it goes on and on like this. Uh, now again, we don't want divisions in the church, and this is not uh, this is not to divide people. Okay. At the same time, we must unlock these secrets. We must unlock these secrets in the Book of Revelation. We need to understand what God wants us to know, what He is revealing. Now, I'm going to encourage you to do. Uh, do what I've done here. Just go. It's telling us the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing. Now let's move on from that. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. So to be immoral, again, over and over again, we see in the book of Revelation, is to give oneself, one's heart, and one's body to a false god, to worship a false god or false gods. It says a mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great. Now, why does it say Babylon the Great? Babylon is the city. It's the location. It's the location of the headquarters of the harlot church in Revelation chapter 3, in Revelation 22, we're told that on the forehead of all believers, we will have Jerusalem and also another name on our forehead. So uh, we see that uh, it's, it's important to see what name is written on a forehead. So a mysterious name was written on her forehead on this city, Babylon, the great mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. Now, how can she be the mother of all these false religions? During the Great Tribulation, the false prophet will promote a one-world religion. Other religions will be allowed to be subsumed under this religion. What religion is that? That's the religion promoted by the false prophet. So other religions, uh, there are many other religions, will be allowed. They're going to come up with some kind of understanding, perhaps it's a memo, perhaps it's a treaty, saying essentially we are all worshiping the same God and we are all God's children and we all need to come under this one world religion so we can have peace. And, of course, it's a lie from the pits of hell. We're told it's uh the harlot church. Let's continue. Verse 6 says, I could see that she was drunk. What's that? That's the city, the mother of all prostitutes, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. During the Great Tribulation, we see at the end of Revelation chapter 12 that the war that will begin on those 
Jewish people who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt third temple, the war that begins with being a war on Jews in Israel who are worshiping in the rebuilt temple, that war will be expanded to include, it says, the rest of her children. What's that? And it says those who are worshiping Jesus Christ and giving testimony for Jesus. So the war, as described in Revelation chapter 13, will be also be a war on Christians. Now, how can the harlot church be drunk with the blood of God's holy people because the false prophet and the antichrist will be working in tandem, bringing terror to God's people, uh, being responsible for the taking out of God's people? What does that mean? Destroying God's people. Now, let's go to Daniel chapter 11 for a moment. Let's go to Daniel chapter 11 for a moment to hear more about what happens to God's holy people. What what are they telling us here when it says, uh, talking about the headquarters for the harlot church, that drunk on God's holy people? Well, again, the book of Revelation tells us the war will begin with those Jews who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple, and then it will be expanded to include Christians who give testimony for Jesus Christ. So Daniel chapter 11 says, verse 29, talking about the Antichrist, but he will vent his anger against the people of the holy covenant and reward those who forsake the covenant. His army will take over the temple fortress. What is this? That's the third temple that we are awaiting to be rebuilt. The third temple is going to be rebuilt. Israel hasn't had a temple. So Israel came back together supernaturally in 1948. And since 1948, there has not been a temple on the Temple Mount for the people of God to worship our one God. Now, the second temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. Let's fast forward in time. 170 A.D., 270, let's go fast, 1000 A.D., 1500 A.D., let's get to our time, 1900 A.D., 1948, 2008. Now we're here at 2023. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Now, very soon, Israel's going to get the green light to rebuild its temple. Now, this is the temple being referred to here in Daniel. It says, his army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary. So the army of the Antichrist is going to take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sacrifices, and set up the sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Then it says in verse 33, wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and sword or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arise, and many who join them will not be sincere. And some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. In this way, they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end, for the appointed time is still to come. So here we have more details. We hear more details about um, how people... The people of God, not all, but some will be destroyed uh, during the Great Tribulation. Now, going to verse 36, it says, 
He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. What's the time of wrath? Well, that's the time we're talking about, Satan's wrath, the great tribulation. The great tribulation discussed in the book of Revelation often, discussed in the book of Matthew, discussed many places in the Bible, discussed in Ezekiel. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. It's a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus. But the seven final plagues, that's the wrath of God. It's a time of great distress for those who are team Satan. Okay, but right now we're talking about uh, the wrath of Satan during the great tribulation. It says, for what has been determined will surely take place. Talking about the Antichrist. Now, let us summarize briefly what we have, and then let's continue in this purple and scarlet prophecy. So what do we have so far? The Antichrist is the scarlet beast. The Antichrist will work in tandem with the false prophet. Both the Antichrist and the false prophet are agents of Satan. Satan is referred to as a beast in the purple and scarlet prophecy. The Antichrist is referred to as a beast in the purple and scarlet prophecy. A major focus is the fact that the Antichrist he will gain power from the ten kings. They will agree. They will agree to give their power to this one horn. Daniel refers to it as the little horn that rises up. They will agree to give all their power to the Antichrist. And let's get to the end of 17 so we can go into chapter uh, 18. It says, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Now, the prostitute is the headquarters for the harlot church. It says, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast. That's the Antichrist. And so the words of God will be fulfilled. Now, let's continue in this purple and scarlet prophecy. Let's hear about Babylon. Let's hear specifically about the fall of Babylon, this woman, woman, the headquarters of the Harlot Church. Uh, now, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Let me go back for just a second. We talked about purple and scarlet and the significance of that. There's another clue about this city. There's another clue about this city. It says, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. Now, where refers to a location. And we're told at the end of Revelation 17 that the woman refers to a city, which is a location. So we can surmise, we're being told that the city, Babylon, is the city of seven hills. She rules where there are seven hills. Now, if you happen to be by the Internet or you have the ability to access the Internet via your phone, would you do this with me? Type in seven hills in city. Seven hills city. One of the first things that comes up is seven hills of Rome. And if you type in the seven hills of Rome, it comes up millions of times. Rome 
is the headquarters for the organized religion today where leadership wears purple and scarlet. Rome is the city of seven hills. Okay, we're going to pause there with that. Let us continue with Revelation 18 and then verses five of uh, verses 1 to 5 of 19. Continuing in the purple and scarlet prophecy, now we're going to hear about what exactly happens to Babylon. John the Revelator tells us, verse 1 of chapter 18, After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture, and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Now let's pause here for a second. It says the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. A few uh, a few months ago I was listening to a program, and a woman was on talking about her experiences as a Christian, and she shared that uh, she's a Haitian-American and that her parents were from Haiti and that in Haiti the national religion is voodoo. Here in the United States of America, we don't have a national religion, although we are a Judeo-Christian nation. But people can practice whatever religion that they want. Now, in chapter 18 of Revelation, it says, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. So we talked about how adultery means to give oneself to a false god or false gods. So this is telling us that during the Great Tribulation, the leaders of many nations, they are going to promote, they are going to sanction, they are going to buy into the one world religion, the false Christianity, the harlot church. That's very important. That's Revelation 18, verse 3. The second part of verse 3 says, Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. This is also telling us another secret. Rome, if you will, now if you say, well, research scientists, I'm not ready to go so far with you with that. I'm not sure that the city of Seven Hills is Rome. I'm not sure that Babylon is Rome. I've heard that it's New York. Maybe you've heard it's another city. So, I believe that it's wrong. But in any case, wherever this city is during the Great Tribulation, we learn here, because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. This city will actually be a financial capital during the Great Tribulation. Let's hear more about that and about the fate of the city of the headquarters of the Harlot Church during the Great Tribulation. Continuing with verse 4, Then I heard another voice calling from heaven, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. 
For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury. So match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. So now we're going to hear this city, Babylon, the headquarters for the harlot church, um, and again, God said in verse 4, tells us, come away from her, my people, do not take, take part in her sins. What is that telling us? Don't be a part of the harlot church. Don't practice immorality. Don't give oneself to a God other than Jesus Christ. Don't be a part of a religion that says that other religions are practicing the same God. When they refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then a truth seeker refuses to be a part of that religion. If you are following the word of God, if I am following the word of God. Now, what's going to happen to this city, Babylon, the headquarters for the harlot church during the Great Tribulation? Verse 8, continuing, says, Therefore these plagues will overtake her in a single day. Now, in Revelation chapter 16, we're told that Babylon is destroyed. But it's very brief. We don't get the details. Now, in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, we're getting a detailed report, a detailed documentary of how and why and who Babylon is. Who is Babylon? Why is Babylon going to fall and who is it going to impact? Let's get more of these details. Verse 8. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. Now, let's pause for a second. This is telling us the headquarters for the Harlot Church is going down in flames, will be consumed by fire in one day, a single day. Now, remember... God told us another secret in Revelation 17. The secret is that even though the Antichrist and false prophet are both flunkies of Satan and they're working in tandem to get his agenda realized, the Antichrist and the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance, they hate this city. Maybe they're jealous because of their financial power. I don't know. We're not told why, but we're told that they hate this city. And listen, it said in verse 17, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. So who's going to burn the headquarters of the harlot church? The Antichrist and these kings. The Antichrist and these kings they will be divided against the false prophet for whatever reasons. We're not told the reasons here. I don't know what they are. Maybe it's somewhere in the Bible and I haven't uh, discerned it yet. If you have seen that somewhere, would you text me to tell me? Uh, so, and it says, uh, 
they will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. Let's back up for a second. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. So uh, God will use the Antichrist and the kings to carry out his purpose. What's his purpose? To destroy the headquarters of the harlot church, to destroy the one world religion that has caused many millions upon millions of people, maybe even billions to worship false gods, to take the mark of the beast, to seal their fate for participation in the great white throne judgment. Now let's continue uh, here in chapter 18. Therefore these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire. Okay, we know who sends the fire. For the Lord God who judges her is mighty. All, and the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury. Let's pause there for a second. The kings of the world who committed adultery. So in other words, they adopt this one world religion. They promote this one world religion during the great tribulation. And it says, and enjoyed her great luxury. So also they gain financially. There's a financial connection to the headquarters, this city of the Harlot Church. It is going to be the financial capital of the world, and we're going to hear that more as we continue to read. We're hearing about it already. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her chart remains. So it's going to go up. It's going to go up in flames. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. Again, this is the city that's the headquarters for the Harlot Church. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. God's judgment as executed through the hands of the Antichrist and the kings in the Ten Nation Alliance. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her. For there is no one left to buy their goods. Let's hear that secret again. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. I have no idea how this comes to pass. But again, everything in the book of Revelation is sure to come to pass. But somehow, some way, the headquarters of the Harlot Church becomes the financial capital of the new world order. And it has such great power in terms of its uh, economic, its economic impact, its economic control, that it says there's no one left to buy their goods. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn. This is incredible. It's uh, hard to wrap my brain around it. Uh, maybe it's easier for you. Um, Nonetheless, that's the reality that's going to come to pass. It says, she bought, talking about the headquarters for the Harlot Church, this city, she bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thion wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies, that is, human slaves. 
The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. Let's pause for a second. Did you hear that? The headquarters for the Harlot Church will be a place where human trafficking is happening. Now, recently a movie came out about human trafficking. I saw that movie, uh, Sound of Freedom, very interesting movie. Uh, Our time is limited, and frankly, all of that is beyond the scope of this discussion. But let's, let's plug into this secret right now. The headquarters for the Harlot Church will be a place where human trafficking is happening. Now, what does it say exactly here? She also bought, it lists many things, talking about the Harlot Church, the One World Religion, the city where the One World Religion uh, is housed. So what happens in the city? She also bought bodies, that is, human slaves. I'm not paraphrasing here. We're not paraphrasing. We're reading verbatim from the Word of God. Now, you know, if you're busy, maybe you haven't heard of that movie, The Sound of Freedom. Maybe you're not plugged into human trafficking and what it is and how it works. But very briefly, today, in 2023, the experts in this area tell us that slavery, unfortunately, is alive and well, and the language that we give to slavery today is human trafficking. So these are not my ideas or opinions. This is what the experts who uh, do work in this area uh, tell us. They tell us that slavery, unfortunately, is alive and well, and in 2023, what it looks like is human trafficking. And indeed, we find out that in the soon-to-come period of the Great Tribulation, that there will be human slaves, not in some obscure place that's backwards, some obscure place where people have no finances and where they don't have religion or God, but in the place that's the financial capital for the world, in the place where kings, kings uh, will work with this place, will come to this place, will be in agreement with this location. This is a place of great wealth. And what are they doing with their wealth? They are buying, says she also bought human slaves. So obviously this is a place of great immorality, going not only uh, to the point of uh, worshiping false gods, but giving themselves to false gods, practicing a false version of Christianity, practicing a one-world religion, rejecting Jesus Christ, and buying human slaves. The Bible tells us, come out from among her. Don't be a part of this one-world religion, friend. Now, I want to tell you very briefly a quick story. When I was growing up, I went to a school where they, they practiced uh they practiced the religion of their ancestors, okay? Very good people, if you will. What do I mean by good people? People who loved each other, people who loved me, people who were kind to me. But what I found out is they were practicing a false religion. They were giving themselves to false gods. And when I came to the truth of the Bible, when I came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I had to reject. I had to reject that religion, and I had to reject the people who choose to stay with worshiping those false gods. I had to come out from among them. 
Now, that's very painful for me. You might say, research scientist, I don't understand what you're saying. Imagine you're me, and I grew up in a wonderful community where people loved me. Uh, they came to my house. I went to their house. We had sleepovers. I went to uh, this special school and uh, great education. Uh, people I could go to today if I was in trouble and they would help me. They would help me. I could call them up, people I haven't talked to in 20 years. I could call them up. But because of who they are and because of who I am and we grew up together, they would help me. But they are worshiping a false god. Now, why do I bring this up? You might be, you might be a part of that religion where the leadership wears purple and scarlet. And maybe you grew up in that kind of school. Maybe you have wonderful memories of the men and women who were your teachers in this school. Wonderful memories of the uh, leaders who prayed over you and prayed with you. you. You might have fantastic experiences that tug on your heartstrings. Friend, we've got to be sober-minded. We must go to the word of God and allow it to shape our thinking, to shape our behavior. We don't look at our thinking and behavior and go to the word of God to confirm that what we already think is right, to tell us that we are good people and our behavior is right. We go to the word of God to find out what is true, and we take those truths and allow those truths to shape our thinking and shape our behavior. Hear me, friend. Hear me, friend and truth seeker. Now let's continue. Verse 14, chapter 18, it says, The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. So they're the kings of the world, the merchants of the world, they're seeing this city, Babylon, the headquarters of the harlot church, it's gone up in flames. In a single day, it's gone. It says, All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. Now, if you go to Rome and you go to uh, these places of worship, they're decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. And some of the uh, ceremonies. Now let's continue. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. Let's hear that again. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. Babylon is going down everything in a day, but it says here in a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, where is there another city as great as this? Let's pause for a second. This city is going to be greater than New York City, greater than London, greater than Geneva, greater than Beijing. So any city that we can think of today in terms of this is a wealthy city, this is a place where people have a lot of money, this is a place where the movers and shakers of the world, if you will, where they do business, where they have homes, this place is going to be bigger than that. Because here's what they say, where is there another city as great as this? Continuing with verse 19, and they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. 
The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. Now we're going to continue. We heard about the destruction of the headquarters of Harlot Church, the destruction of Babylon. Now what does it all mean? Let's continue in verse 18. We're going to hear what it all means to us and to uh, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Verse 20, rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence. Violence by who? Violence by, uh, at the hands of the Antichrist and those kings. And will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. Let's pause there for a second. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. Again, Babylon will be a financial capital, a financial capital for the new world order during the Great Tribulation. How do we know that? Several verses. Here's an important one. For your merchants, whose merchants? The merchants of Babylon. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. What's the world? That's every place. That means they were greater than the merchants in New York, greater than the merchants in Tokyo, greater than the merchants in London, greater than the merchants in Beijing, greater than, uh, you know, the list goes on. It says, for your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. What are these sorceries? The false prophet is going to uh, perform miracles inspired by the power of Satan. Verse 24, in your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. Let me read that again. In your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. During the great tribulation, in this city, the city of the seven hills, the city where the leadership for the harlot church reside, where those leaders wear purple and scarlet linen, finest purple and scarlet linen. In this city, these individuals, they will give the order to kill those who are giving testimony specifically for Jesus Christ. So during the Great Tribulation, there will be those of us who are preaching the word of God, giving testimony about Jesus Christ. And some, not all, not all, but some of us who are here at that time, who are witnesses for Jesus Christ, it says that our blood, our blood, God's holy people, the bloods of prophets, and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. So they are going to be the cause uh, for death for people who choose not to take the mark of the beast. They will work in tandem, this uh, harlot church with the Antichrist on that. Let's continue the last five verses of the purple and scarlet prophecy. Verses 1 to 5 of Revelation 19. This part is really good, too. 
After this I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting. So now this is the response. So here on present earth, the headquarters for the Harlot Church has been destroyed. That's uh, near the end of the wrath of God. Near the end of the wrath of God on this present earth, there's a reaction to that in heaven. We're about to hear that. So what's the reaction of people in heaven to those who have killed Christians and Jews worshiping, uh, Jews who are worshiping in the rebuilt temple, but Christians and others who worship our one God? What's the reaction of people in heaven to that reality? We hear it here. Revelation 19, verses 1 to 5, After this I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. So if a believer experiences death during the great tribulation, that believer immediately goes to heaven. The Bible tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. And those who lose their lives during the great tribulation, they will be avenged. When? When the headquarters for the harlot church is burned up with fire. In a moment, the wealth of the city is gone. But in one day, all those plagues come on that city, and it's 100% destroyed. So what are we told? He has punished the great prostitute. That's what they're saying in heaven. They're celebrating. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out, praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. So the destruction of the headquarters of the harlot church will be a joyous time it will be a joyous time uh it will be a time of great distress for those who are team satan they will be sad they will be sad to see the financial capital of the uh wicked new world order being destroyed they will be very sad but those of us who are in christ it will be a time of celebration for us because it will be god avenging those who have died during the great tribulation in Christ, and it will be a time to rid this present earth of the headquarters of the harlot church, and we're told that the smoke of that specific city is going to ascend, and it says, quote, forever and ever. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Hallelujah. Listen, friend. We're going to continue with more discussion and analysis of the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. You heard it in its entirety today. Uh, I invite you to take a look at the basic one-page study notes if you care to. Those are available at any time, blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. You can find those verses that we heard today, the location of the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, uh, some other the key topics 
in this purple and scarlet prophecy, the keywords, phrases, and numbers, all of that is there for you uh, in the basic one-page study notes. I want to thank you for being with me and with us today. Let me tell you what's coming up in our future. Here on Secrets Revealed, understand the book of Revelation from start to finish, we're talking about all, 100%, all of the prophecies in the book of Revelation. So this month, August, we've been focusing on the purple and scarlet prophecy. We'll finish on uh, Thursday. In September, we're talking about the Battle of Armageddon. There's one prophecy that focuses exclusively on the Battle of Armageddon. It's the Marriage Supper Prophecy. We're talking about it next Sunday. If you want to hear that, I invite you to be with me and with us in September. We'll be talking about the Marriage Supper Prophecy in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. So if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you according to Jeremiah 33, 3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friends.